Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Claire Marquick, and this is Real Life Business. Welcome to episode number one. It is really exciting to finally be able to bring you these fabulous conversations. And I want to just take a moment to thank every single one of my supporters who have been eagerly awaiting the launch of this show, probably just as much as I have. So thank you so much for all your messages and kind words over the last few weeks. So in this first episode, I am chatting to Jessica Keller, owner of SoMe School of Fashion and Design in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales. Jess began sewing when she was 17 with no prior education and very little exposure to the industry. With the support of her grandmother, books and the internet, she taught herself the skills to launch her very own fashion brand at just 23 years old and since then has gone on to gain certifications in fashion design and dressmaking. Jess is a real life example of the fact that we can all do whatever we set our minds to. And even though the path might not be smooth sailing, doesn't mean that we can't break it down step by step and take it just one step at a time. So sit back and enjoy Jess's story. So something I believe really strongly is that we've all got everything we need within us to do whatever we want to do, yet very often what I notice, and I know this was the case with me as well, is that we hold ourselves back by what we believe we're capable of doing. Now, sort of through my experience of growing my own business, I've sort of come to the realization that that our life is the result of a few courageous decisions. Now, you started your first business when you were just 23 years old, um, which to some might seem, or to me, seems crazy. Like, I I can't imagine starting a business when I was 23. What gave you the courage to do that? To be honest, I would have absolutely no idea. I thought I was crazy at the time. I'm like, why (laughs) am I doing this to myself? But when you have a passion and you've got a drive to do something, it doesn't matter how small your hobby is or your idea because it can grow and it can flourish and those are the things that I grabbed onto when I was 23 I didn't have much growing up um I didn't have much food on my plates I didn't have much support or backing behind me um and I guess for a time I was trying to get that attention from the people around me. Like I can do something great. I I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can do something great. Mm. And then it was only a few years later when I got into dance that I soon realized, yeah, well, let's just roll with the punches. Like if if something comes of it, something comes of it really. Yeah. Cause it's sort of from, from the conversations we've had previously, it was like, you know, you had this, this passion for, for dance and this passion for, um, sewing or this like desire to, to sew this like creative um, juice that you just needed to fill and, and you sort of merged the two together to create your first business, didn't you? And it just sort of grew from there. Yeah, that's exactly right. I um, started sewing when I was 17 years old and we didn't have textiles in school. We didn't have any uh, form of sewing in the TAFE or the uni that was here. So the closest um form of I guess sewing or fashion design education that I could get would have been to to go to Canberra Mm. and I'm like at 17 years old like I can't move out of home I've got no money no resources how am I going to make that happen yeah um I'm just going to go and pick another hobby and that's when I got into dance and I was like yeah this is fun this is making me feel great this is boosting my self-esteem Um, And throughout that, I got to see a lot of different types of um, body shapes and sizes throughout. So throughout doing my dance, I could never really let go of the sewing because every time I would look at somebody, I'd say, like, I just think to myself, what are you wearing? Why are you choosing to wear? Like, not in a negative way, but like people choose to wear things um, because of their body shape or like their size. And some people get it right. And I guess there are people out there that think some people get it wrong, but each to their own opinion. But that was where my mindset kept flowing back to is like the questions, why are you wearing that? Does that make you confident? 
Um, then I would learn about their shapes and their sizes and, and the ways I can tailor their outfits. And I started then making my own dancewear. I made mm. it, I wore it, people liked it. And then I sold some locally and I thought, why don't I just start a business? Hmm? I left school. <laughs> why not? <laughs> like, why don't I just do this? So after I left school with the no kind of sewing or fashion design options out there, I went straight into business studies and did business studies for four years. So I thought, oh, I've done that. I should know how to run a business. I've got this in the bag. No, I did not have it in the bag. <laughs> there was so much I needed to learn. And I did my four years and I learned all the basics, but it's not until you're really in there that you know um, what's right and what's wrong for yourself in your own business because every business is different. Mm. And that's what I picked up kind of along the way. Um, so yeah, got straight in the dance, made things, started an online store. It worked out really, really well. Um, and yeah, that that's the beginning of it. Mm. <laughs> It's so it's 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 crazy, isn't it? It's like you said, you felt crazy um, at the beginning rather than courageous. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe when we are looking for courage, um, is the answer to stop looking for courage and and just do it and find courage along the way, perhaps. That's exactly right. You need to take those plunges and dive. You can't sit back and say, oh you know, but this could happen or I could go broke or bankrupt or I could lose everything. Like at the end of the day, you're not going to die. Like mm. you could lose everything and still still be here on this planet to do a round two. Like there's nothing stopping you from successfully failing your first business <laughs> and then successfully successing the next, if that kind of makes sense. Like there's there's never an end to a path there's just more paths that get created along the way I love that I love that analogy that's awesome like successfully failing I think is just because I think the the fear of failing is what can hold so many of us back not only from starting a business but from you know maybe even putting our hand up for that promotion or even even starting a relationship it's like oh I don't want to get hurt you know that that fear of failing is so prominent within our society at the moment isn't it and it it, it really can prevent us from achieving well, who knows what, because we don't know what we're capable of achieving if we're not prepared to give it a go. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's something that I found along the way. Like, yeah, I started my first business and, and I really enjoyed it and I loved it. And I was a bit sad when I shut it all down. But now I've moved on to something bigger and better. And it's I guess it's the same in relationships. Like if you've got a pretty bad partner and you're not happy, somebody better will come along. And that's the same in not only business, but every industry don't sit in a job that you're not happy with move on it doesn't I job hopped in the last I think in the last 10 years I've had about 13 different jobs wow yeah and that's just simply because along the way it's like I, I didn't appreciate how I was treated or I didn't like who I worked with or I didn't like um, the way that the not that it was my business but like the way that they ran their business I wasn't comfortable with it so you just move on until you find the right the right business you want to work in or the right business that you want to own. Mm. I think that's really good advice. And, and again, it, it, it sort of shapes how we can totally, we can totally impact our experience of, of life in general by our mindset to it, because, you know, the way you share that story and the way I feel about it as well is it, it's a really positive thing. You know, you know, where you, you know, sort of what feels right to you, what your values are. And when something doesn't feel in alignment, you made a decision and you moved on. And, and that's like you say, that's, that's not failing at anything. That's just extending the path and, and, and moving forwards. But sometimes we might, somebody might be sitting there thinking, well, I can't leave this job because I've been doing this for like 10 years. And if I do that, then I'm starting right back at the beginning and I'm such a failure. And, and so it's, I've got to just suck it up and stay here because that's what adulting is. You know, what, what, what would you, what advice would you say to people who are sort of sitting in that mindset at the moment? get out <laughs> yes. like I'm just gonna put it so bluntly like just leave it doesn't matter if you have to start again at least you're starting again in an industry or a position that you're going to enjoy 
everybody always there's always something that we want to learn like I have done four years business studies seven years of dance I've got four certificates through that I've, I've done a couture masterclass fashion design like I'm 27 now and last year I did my fashion design dressmaking course I'm like there's always options and um like there's things out there for you to do and take and achieve and at the end of the day like I think your mental health is what's best because you don't want to come home to your family moody and hating your life you don't want to go to work with the same people that you don't like mm-hmm. um and, and and just dealing with it because you're not ultimately going to be happy at the end so in that instance my <laughs> advice is just get out get mm-hmm. out and start again if you have to because you're only as old as what you want to be. And like, if we lived on a different planet, we'd all be different ages. So I think age is kind of irrelevant in this scenario. Just keep continuing on with life and do what makes you happy because one day you are going to die. Like right before you do, you're going to look back and say, why the hell was I wasting so many years working for such and such? Mm. Like, I feel like in the last 10 years, um, and even before then, like all my job hopping, the one thing that I realized at the end is I don't like working for somebody. <laughs> That's the end dot point. Like I don't appreciate working for somebody. So I'm going to work for myself. My first business was a failure success kind of thing. That's fine. Roll with the punches. Take what you get. Take it or leave it. Yeah. And then move yeah. on. So now I'm on my second business in my school and I'm absolutely thriving and I love it so much. And I love my students and I love everything about it. And it's only like, I'm, I guess, yes, in some people's minds, I am still quite young and running these businesses. Um, but I just think I could not be, like, I wouldn't be a happy person if I was working for somebody else. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. yep. No, I 100% resonate with that. And I think, I think, um, that's a good check-in for people, isn't it? Because if, you know, if there's people listening thinking, okay, right, uh, I'm looking for some inspiration to, to start my business because I really hate the nine to five grind. You know, it, it's not for everybody, is it? You know, you, you you would know yourself, you sort of shared before how you, your first business was a successful failure. Um, perhaps you could allude um, a little bit more about that in just a minute. But like the, the business journey is not for everybody. And just because um, you're not happy in the traditional nine to five role potentially that you're in right now, doesn't mean that there isn't another one out there that, that might be more in alignment with, with what you believe, with what you value, with, with what the purpose, with what you want to achieve out of your life as well. So um, business isn't always the answer, is it? But it's no, the, yeah. For those that want to work for themselves and go, no, I know that I want to be the master of my own destiny. Um, the world is our oyster if we open ourselves up to it, isn't it? I guess it comes in two pages as well. Like you've got your first page, which is working for somebody and each to their own. If they want to do that, just do that. But never stop looking for work. Mm-hmm. Apply for everything and anything, even if you think you won't get it. Like there's no harm in applying and seeing how far you get and moving on, job hop, job hub job hunt it's just if you resigned from your work you're replaceable like everybody Mm. is replaceable they're not going to cry if you leave (laughs) but like they got to get up and move on as well and then I guess if you wanted to start your own business you are going to take a bit of a financial hit you are going to be a little bit um more anxious about how to do it but I guess one of my key things is like budget, 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 <laughs> budget, <laughs> budget, <laughs> budget, budget, budget. Trying to avoid the banks, like <laughs> <laughs> everything's everything's possible, isn't it? Everything's doable. Where there's a will, there's a way. They say it is easier um, said than done, but once you do it, you find out how easy it was, and then you can just continue on like that for the rest of your life yeah. and be happy. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be some listening to this that say you've got a really um, refreshing attitude to life. You know, do, have you have you always had this? Um, let's look for the positive. Let's you know look the glass half full sort of approach. Or has there been a a role model in your life that you've sort of learned to model from? Um, I think there's a little bit of two really. I've got depression and anxiety that I struggle with all the time, um, and that that's my biggest kill point in my life at the moment because I do have my down days and the only thing that keeps me going 
is my family and my children mm. and my partner and my house and just keeping busy is kind of how I cope with it all I guess mm-hmm. um so no to answer that question no I'm not always happy I do stress out I do let the bills get on top of me I do pull my hair out there are days where I just don't want to get out of bed but at the end of the day being positive or at least speaking positive um it's almost like I'm talking to myself half the time. I've gone and did like I've done cognitive behavioral therapy. I've done counseling sessions, seen psychiatrists, psychologists. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on medication. I've, I've tried every avenue I could possibly find to help me further um, live life to the fullest. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I'm not always happy, but the techniques that I've learned along the way um, are stuff that I continuously try and implement into my life. So it's not, I know I sound super positive and I've got all these like great ideas, um, but it is a bit of a process to retrain my mind to think positive some days. Mm. But as long as I try my best to stay positive and keep my, I guess my plate, oh, wouldn't say super full, but like. <laughs> but full enough. Full enough, yeah. Like I just, I try not to stress myself out. I try not to let bad things get to me. I remove the people from my life that aren't contributing to like a positiveness in there. Um, and I surround my pe- myself with people that love me and like-minded people. And I think that was my biggest thing when I was younger is I was around the wrong people mm. and I had the wrong role models. Um, and now I've just kind of filtered through and yeah, people are going to be upset and yeah, they're not going to want to be a friend and yeah, they're going to cause drama. But three months later, like they're, they're kind of gone out of your life and you're like, oh, I feel so refreshed. So yeah. Like that's, I think that's another thing with the job hopping as well. So it's like some workplaces can bring you down. And I have been, like I've come home from certain jobs and I have been crying because I can't handle it, but I don't know what to do with money and yada, yada, yada. So that that's how like I'm kind of managing on that side. But I guess with role models, I would say it would have to be my partner at this point. Mm. he has helped me through so much and I mean when they say through sickness and health then you're up and down like he has been there there all those downs and I feel sorry for him sometimes but he's like I thought these were just words we said I didn't think it was real (laughs) I was like oh my god like okay but um like he has been there through absolutely everything and we have um a beautiful daughter Anna and she's one and we've got another baby on the way and all I'm feeling at the moment is just love like my daughter okay she's one so bear with me every parent's going to relate to this but they touch everything yes (laughs) and they're into all your stuff and I'm like girl just can you just stop touching my things can you just (laughs) no don't touch the needles no don't touch that but now I'm just like you know what she's showing an interest in what I'm doing yeah she loves me she wants to hang out with me I'm her best friend and that's that mindset that I keep with her and and all my kids I'm just like I am my children's best friends like they wouldn't be here without me so Mm. there's no point me getting mad at them for wanting to be besties I guess (laughs) that's it and 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 wanting to be part of of what you do I mean I I've always said that you know my kids and I think kids in general especially when they're really young they're like sponges they just they soak up everything don't they and they're they're like their eyes are just big with this like amazing childlike wonder and I sometimes think how did we lose that you know at what stage do we say right I'm old enough now that I don't look at the world in such wondrous ways anymore and and I'm an adult and I've got to grow up now you know I sometimes wonder like wow imagine if we kept that adventurous curious open-minded everything's wonderful attitude how much how different would our life be oh I can totally relate with that there are times where I'm just outside playing with my daughter and I'm like the world is beautiful like how often do you like kind of lie on the grass and look up at the sky Mm. 
like and wonder what is out there and then realize how insignificant all your problems are like you're just one small speck on this massive world that then just gets smaller as you zoom out so your problems and your worries they're not kind of that big a deal like (laughs) (laughs) it seems it seems so kind of like out there to think about it like that when you've got like you know a $5,000 credit card bill and $300 in your bank account with which to pay it by, you know, that can seem like a really big major problem. But when you put it like that in the grand scheme of life and us on this universe. Yeah, that's exactly right. And like I said before, like, you're not going to die if you go and claim bankruptcy. Like, (laughs) at the end of the day, we're all living, we're all moving forward, people will get their money when they get their money. Don't stress out about it. Don't worry about it just find an avenue that works best for you find a financial plan that kind of works for you to get those payments back in there we're talking money like if we're talking mental health find an avenue to to help better yourself if we're talking jobs apply for another job like just keep moving forward don't stay stuck in that rut because Mm. it's once you move on from that little pothole (laughs) like the road is smooth and you realize that's just the smallest pothole in the world. You could fill it with a pebble. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> I think what I'm hearing through like everything that you're saying is um, there's a, there's a coachy concept here, talking theory just for a split second, um, that, that there's a line and we either operate above that line or we operate below that line. And below that line, um, we are basically at the mercy of everything that happens around us. You know, we just, we just wait for stuff to happen and we react to it. Whereas if we choose to live above that line, we are consciously, proactively creating the life that we want. So that is like what you were just saying then, you know, if you're unhappy in a job, leave the job and get another one. You know, if you've, if you've got bills to pay that are sort of seemingly out of reach, you know, talk to people about it, talk to financial planners, talk to your bank, talk to the people you owe money to. Like there's ways you can get around it with your mental health as well. Like you say, proactively um, go out there and, and seek different kinds of help, you know, get a different opinion. remove the people from your life that aren't helping support and lift you up like there's there's so much we can do isn't there like we're not we don't have to be constrained and limited by all the stuff going on around us if it's not helping us get to where we want to go yeah that's exactly right when you have kids does that change your perspective on things does that change do you think that's changed your um, attitude to to taking risk or giving something a go um I think to a degree yes um my family to me they always come first my parents they ran a business and um well they ran a business here in Wagga but then it slowly I guess they ran out of work here that's a long story short so they moved off to Canberra and I stayed here Mm. and I'm not saying I was neglected or anything but like we did um Um, so my dad worked in Canberra and my mum ran all the financial stuff here in Wagga and then we just went up every second weekend just alternated Mm -hmm. I think what I've kind of gathered from that is like I know a lot of parents do it and I know a lot of business owners do it but that's personally something that I just can't kind of do long term I mean my family always comes first I want to be home for dinner I want to do a day here and there with my children, just dedicate their hours to my family because yes, a business and even work can catch up with you and you can be there all the time. I don't like sitting at the computer at 10 o'clock at night <laughs> doing business stuff. It's like, I would rather just use that time to, to chill and watch TV. And like, I want to be home to put my daughter to sleep and I want to read her her book and, and just do these general things with her and not have her sit in a daycare center all bloody day mm. while I'm working. Cause like when I pick her up from the two days she's at care, I'm like, I missed you so much. Like, yeah. how was your day? What did you do? Like, tell me all about it. And she can't tell me anything. So I have to kind of puzzle it together. <laughs> but I'm like, I know you had fun cause you painted. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is is family time and finding a system that works for you. 
and your family dedicating at least that one day of the week to do something as a family take them to the park um have an indoor movie night just one thing a week it doesn't have to be expensive it doesn't have to cost you anything Mm. but your children will love you and appreciate you for that they won't see mum and dad constantly in and out and leaving the house at different hours to go to work to make money and then you come home and you say oh well if it wasn't for me we wouldn't have food if it wasn't for money blah 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 um that's I think yeah that's the main point that I'm kind of getting across is just Mm. find time allocate time get your hours that you regularly work or the hours that you want to work in and then find that bit of wiggle room like Friday mornings I've got um free that I use and I spend Friday mornings all with my daughter whatever she kind of wants to do within reason um (laughs) she has some crazy ideas (laughs) um so Friday mornings we just quickly go around the house we do our chores we do our chores from our chore chart and then we'll go and do an activity or paint or go to the park and then she'll come home we'll have a nap she'll have a nap um mum can have a nap now too she wants (laughs) (laughs) I take that opportunity um while she's napping, I'll either nap or I'll just update my socials or, or, or business plan. I'll just have a bit of a browse around the internet and just relax. Then she'll get up and I'll drop her off at um, her nanny's place. And then I'll go and do my uh, sewing lessons and classes in the evenings, which then my partner then does pick her up. So it's like, yeah. it's just finding that kind of that little bit of time and allocating it to your kids and your family. And if you don't have kids, to your partner and if you don't have a partner then go and do something for yourself yes <laughs> get your hair done or do your nails just do something don't I, don't utilize those few hours to stick with business stuff because you want to catch up like yeah I think that's that's a really really important point but particularly when we're working for ourselves because if you if you if you we're working for ourselves or we, we you know we own a business like we do that because we're a certain type of person um mm-hmm. and and we are always wanting to strive for something else and we'll have many of us have a million different ideas of oh, I could do this and I could do that and when I've done this I'll do that and there's just so much that we could do that we could choose to work 24/7 pretty much like there's there's all we could always find something to do and and that sort of um that success that place of making it will always seem like a destination that we're trying to strive to I I think like I think I don't want to put words in your mouth but I think what I'm hearing from what you're saying is that you know that success isn't a destination it's it's the journey and it's sort of being aware of that and and just being happy in the moment with 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 what you've got around you is that a sort of fair representation of what what you've just said or have I totally yes 100 you need to enjoy the process and the journey not only in your business life but in your family life just in your life in general like just live it by day I think I think that's really really valuable so you've already spoken so much. It's really clear how much your your family, um, your kids and your partner and how much family is important to you. What, um, when when you've got those those down days, those days where, you know, you, you're really struggling to find that amazing positivity that you're sort of talking about now, what is it that keeps you going? Um, what is it that sort of, that, that does get you out of bed on those days? Um, I think I just shift into autopilot (laughs) (laughs) and life just moves on. The one thing that pops back into my mind is time is always moving. Mm. So it doesn't matter how long I sit in this bed, I'm going to need to go to the bathroom or I'm going to need food or I'm going to need something. Time is always moving. So what is the point of staying stagnant? Like Mm. there's no reason to like lay around you just you just got to keep going and Mm. those mountains they they don't move you've got to go over them you've got to keep moving one step at a time it doesn't matter how small it is or how you tackle it you just break it down break down those bigger tasks into smaller tasks and then just slowly tick them off and if Mm. you get too like I find I, I do get clouded and I put a lot of things in my mental journal rather than my physical journal so my head's full of dot points of things that I need to do and I tend to forget things and then I end up being just 
I guess, overwhelmed. Yeah. Write a write a list. Just just have a book, a pen, a paper on your handy all the time in your bag and write it down. It could be, oh, I'm gonna go into the doctor's appointment or I have to remember to book this appointment um, with such and such, or um, oh, I need to go and order this or that. Or it could be something as simple as like, I had a great day. Coffee was <laughs> delicious. Coffee from such and such was amazing. Like just yes. everything and anything. Like don't pinpoint it down to just business things or work-related things. Just anything in general. I, I could not agree more with that. And that is certainly something that um, I do myself. And it's something that I recommend all my clients do because I seem to, you know, I seem to attract a lot of business owners who are overwhelmed, who have got so much on. And, you know, it, I sort of help prioritize and, and, okay, let's set some goals and work out some strategy. But that's the, that's the simplest thing. I say, like, write everything down like get it out of your head if like I I do it all the time like you just said um oh I've got to remember to make that appointment or I've got to remember to call that person back like I'll write it down remember to call so and so back and I might do it then instantly the second I've written it down I might do it and then I can cross it off but you know it's it's almost like if like if I can clear my head of all that noise then I've got more space to deal with the bigger problems. That's exactly right. And you know, even if it's not on the list, you write it on the list and cross it off straight away because that looks great too. (laughs) (laughs) I so do that. Like hang out a load of washing. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Make a cup of tea. Already did that. It's these simple things, right? Yes. The, we can trick our brain to saying that we're super productive and efficient. Oh, it's like when I jump on the computer, I'm like, okay, before I do anything, I open up like 17 tabs and like I Google search exactly what I need to do. So I'm like, okay, one tab, bank, next tab, website, next tab, my emails, next tab. And then it'd be like this doctor's appointment got to call these people and like sometimes I use my computer tabs as like reminders my partner hates it he's like you gotta shut all your tabs down I'm like no <laughs> no they're my to-do list <laughs> that's, my, that's my computer to-do list <laughs> oh I love that that is so cool <laughs> Have you got anything that you would say is like, is it is a non-negotiable for you? Something that you absolutely categorically either, you know, absolutely believe in wholeheartedly or a routine or a ritual or something? Is there something that you have to do that's just a non-negotiable? I'm very family orientated, as mm. you can probably gather from this whole conversation. Yes. <laughs> um, I won't let anything directly impact my family. So when I first started this second business, my sewing school, I was so adamant about not going to the banks because I didn't want to put my mortgage in my house. I didn't want to give that to the bank for any risk at all. And I mean, who knows? Sometimes businesses are successful and sometimes they're not. There are risks that you take and risks that you don't. And I mean, each to their own, there are a lot of business owners that that have gone out and got a business loan. But personally, I never wanted to risk the roof over my family's head for mm. the sake of my passion and my hobby. So we went down um, the whole budgeting side of things, budgeted, saved, put money away. We had um, always been putting extra into our mortgage to pay it off sooner. And at the end of the day, I think I started my business on about $8,000 and had to redraw from my mortgage 5,000 and that was kind of to cover the lease and the the, the spot and a couple of the bits of equipment and stuff like that Mm. but um non-negotiable in a whole is anything that impacts my family non-negotiable in the business is I don't like yes I teach sewing lessons yes I can make almost everything and I'm still learning I'm not going to say I'm I know everything but I can teach almost everything Mm -hmm. um but I don't make things to sell. Like I don't make dresses or pants or anything like that to sell to the public. I don't alter things for people. I don't tailor. I don't um, pretty much if you walked up to me and said, hey, can you hand my pants? It's going to be a flat no. <laughs> like I don't, I don't provide those services. I provide teaching services, 
come to me. I will teach you how to hem your pants. And then you can hem every single pair of pants ever and make your own money from it. I can teach you how to sew. I can teach you how to make your wedding dress. I can teach you how to make your bridesmaids dresses. I can teach you how to make a suit. I can teach you how to make a tie, a scrunchie, anything you want. I will show you and teach you so then you can take that on and use that to start your own business. Like my kind of view on it is I don't sell things. I don't make things to sell. Mm. I teach people to make things that they can sell. And with my previous business experience and then this business experience, um, the four years of studying and then the seven years being in business and having my family as well, they have had their own business. I've been exposed to business owners. Um, I want to help guide these people to make their own things. I don't make them. They make them. I teach Mm. them how to make things that they can sell. So there's the two non-negotiables nothing that kind of impacts my family directly um and I don't make things to sell (laughs) I think I think that's a really great point as well because you could it's you know like when you say um if someone comes up to you and 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 says oh you know can you um hem these pants for me you you physically can do that but you've drawn the line you've created a boundary um to say that yeah whilst i can do that i don't have to um and i think that's a really important lesson for anyone in business particularly a service-based business um and because we can create so much busyness and we can create so much of our own overwhelm by not putting those boundaries in place and yeah. not having the not having the ability or not feeling able to say no. Um, so whilst that some might look at that and go, well, geez, like I don't want to learn to do it myself. I just want to pay you to do it. And well, but you know, you're strong enough and you've learned enough to go, well, no. Um, if 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 I'm not doing it for you, and if you don't want to learn, how about I point you in the direction of that alterations place over there, for example? That's exactly and- right. And I could one day be responsible for the creation of that alter, like that alteration place, that other school. One thing that I want to get out of my school is I want a competitor, but I want my competitor to come from my school. I want one of my students to compete against me, and then I can then. Not saying that I want to move on on to bigger and better things. I'm so happy where I am right now. But Mm. the biggest accomplishment for me would be one of my students becoming one of my competitors and opening up their school. Because I know I've done such a great job. I didn't sit there and go, oh, I'll do this for you. I've taught them how to do it. So then they've gone on and taught other people how to do it. And I'm like, that's kind of the whole process in all of this. And I mean, in any other business owner as well, like, you will stray from your own path and set yourself up for your own disaster if you don't follow your morals and your business objectives. Like if you say, I make cupcakes, that's it. And someone goes, can you make some biscuits? And you're like, well, I need the money. I guess I can make biscuits. And then you're stuck making hundreds of biscuits every week, but you really want to make cupcakes. Like Mm. that's where you falter. You kind of need to figure out if you want to implement biscuits in within your cupcakes and say, I can do two cupcakes, two biscuits kind of package. So you're still selling that main product. Um, or you just swap over and just do your bickies or just say, no, sorry, I don't do biscuits. Mm. I'll do this amazing cupcake thing for you and try and sway their mind. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, that, that sounds like such a, um, a simplistic example, but there's a really, really important message there. And it, it, it is that setting those boundaries, knowing what, knowing what your objectives are, knowing what, and it comes back to that, knowing what success looks like for you, isn't it? If, if success is to, if success to you is money and you don't care how you make the money, then make cupcakes, make biscuits, make scones, make whatever else you want to make to hit that financial metric. If that's truly what happiness and success is, but I would wager that it's not actually that at all because I was listening to a podcast just yesterday where um, the lady was, you know, talking about climbing the corporate ladder and, you know, she'd sort of set herself like, right, once I get to this position and this salary level, that's, that's it, you know, I'll know I've made it. And she was talking about the anticlimax of when she got there, like, oh, like, is that it? You know, no, no bells, whistles, fanfares, balloons, you know, like, oh, why don't I feel any different? 
Yeah. And I think that is at the core of what you're saying there, isn't it? It's like, know what success looks like, know what you're happy doing every day. Um, and then you're not slogging your guts out miserable trying to get to a destination that when you finally get there you're going to realize that it wasn't that destination that's going to make you happy anyway and you've just lost all that time slogging yourself working yourself to the bone getting yourself to that place that doesn't exist exactly like I've spoken to a few small business owners and people who just want to start off on their businesses and even some of my students who want to start their businesses and I always ask them the same question it's like what's at the end of your path like what is your ultimate goal and there's either money or there's you know working for myself doing my own hours or sitting on a yacht on the beach or something whilst my business runs itself and I'm like okay then what happens after that like paths never end they go on forever and ever and ever and once you reach what you think is your the end of your path it splits it turns into two or three different paths and then you kind of pick which one you want to go down next so mm. in regards to the whole corporate ladder thing um I guess like you, you get to a certain point and I you just get stuck mm. like what happens next like what do you do next and those are the things that you need to think of like they always say in businesses, you need a contingency plan, like in business and life in general, in the world, you need a contingency plan. You just need to figure out what am I going to do after I reach my goal? Like mm. you could make it to that salary. You could make it to that optimal job. You could be sitting on a yacht with your champagne and your business is making millions, but then what do you do? Like yeah. you've got all the money and stuff in the world. You've gotten kind of where you want it to be. You're going to get bored the from there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so we know that your, um, you know, your family and, 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 you know, your, your daughter and your, your baby that's on the way, you know, that they're your, that's your life force. That's the inspiration, the legacy that you can create for, for them, your, your clients now, you know, that's, that's your energy. That's what keeps you going. You've told us about your non-negotiables. You've also dropped us so many cool little life hacks and tips, but I'm going to challenge you to throw us one more. If, if what would be that one thing that, you know, if someone take, listens to this episode and goes, oh my God, that changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got for us? <laughs> budget. <laughs> budget, 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 budget. Like it's all about with businesses, it's all about finances and also being happy. But the financial side of things is what can really push you over the edge, either mm. in a positive or a negative way. I did not want to go through the banks for my business. I wanted to try and save up what I could. And Blessing in disguise, the pandemic kind of delayed my business for 12 months, which actually gave me more time to save up. If mm. you've got a business idea, you're going to get stuck on the hype of the idea. You're going to be like, oh my God, I had this great idea. It's the best business ever. You start sketching out your logos and what you want to sell. But then as you start the process and you start your business plan, it's all fun and theories until you get to the finances. And then you're like, mm. oh, this is so hard. This is... Like, I really have to think, this is the stuff that you don't want to think about. But unfortunately, you do have to think about it. Mm -hmm. And there are certain things that I've impact, like implemented in my life that definitely helped me along the way. My partner and I, we bought our place. Um, then we had, so we've had the mortgage, the car loan, store credits, credit cards. And I mean, a lot of these things were from when we were younger, before we had kids. And even before we met um where we were just being a bit silly, thinking you could just walk into the we're bank. Just being and they young. Would, yeah, you could walk into the bank and they just give you money. And you're like, oh, now I got like five grand. And yeah, they give it to you, but then you don't really think about your interest rates and all these things that come later on in life that really screw you over. Um, so, yeah, with all of that debt, I mean, we were in combined about half a million dollars worth of debt. Wow. Like, and we wanted to scrap off everything but the mortgage and the cars. So we decided, um, let's budget. Let's let's put a plan together. Let's, you know, see what we can do. So, and me with my kind of mental mind state, I was like, I want this done as quick as possible. Like yeah. when I was a child, I didn't have new clothes. I didn't have a brand spanking new house. I never had new furniture. 
um, a lot of the things that I did have was secondhand. And this is nothing negative about my family because my parents did the best thing, like the best that they could possibly do in their scenario and in their circumstances. Yeah. I still had some food. I still managed to go to school. Like I didn't have new school uniforms, but I still got some form of an education. Yeah. I still had somewhere to sleep at night. Um, I was living with my mom, my dad, my three sisters and my two brothers in a three bedroom house. So we, mm. and it wasn't even in the best neighborhood either. So we, we were struggling, but I think my parents did the best that they possibly could. So there's nothing negative there. Mm. Um, I think with having nothing when I was a kid, I could do nothing as an adult. Like I'm happy with noodles and cereal for dinner. <laughs> like, <laughs> now I can't get away with it because of the kids. Occasionally I do, but like, noodles and toast or cereal or something if I'm lazy like everybody does it <laughs> and it's totally okay, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so, we have we have chickens and and scrambled egg on toast is probably a dinner that will happen at least once a week <laughs> yeah it's like us we do like two tins of tomato and put some eggs in it and I'm like that's it like put your toast in it's dinner it's like three ingredients <laughs> um so yeah, we went through the whole budgeting thing. So I said, you know what, right, let's just, the, the kind of the first process that we started with was figuring out how much do we spend on groceries in general? We, we didn't shop every week. We shopped whenever we needed food. And that ended mm. up being like three or $400 every fortnight or yeah. less. And then we started with challenging ourselves. So if we're spending, let's say $300 a fortnight, on groceries I'm going to do my shopper weekly now so I'm going to set a day and schedule that day and I was like right well all right $150 a week I don't need to spend $150 on food I've learned how to make food out of nothing I don't buy pre-packaged stuff I make a lot of it from home I'll buy my chicken breast and I'll crumb it myself if I have to like these yeah. are the things that I was learning along the way um so I was like right which is $150 a week let me see if I can do 100 bucks a week and then I found out that I was actually spending less shopping every week. So then we broke that budget down to $50 a week. And that was a bit more of a challenge. So I yeah. feel like if you want the challenge, do $50 a week grocery shops. There <laughs> you go. It seems easy the first two weeks. And then the next few months is a bit tough, but then it kind of starts getting easier. So we did $50 a week grocery shopping um, for 12 months. Wow. So that was a bit tough. And I was pregnant as well. So all those cravings, I felt I feel so bad for myself because I couldn't actually get <laughs> what I needed. And I'm, I'm there thinking, well, we have to cater for gluten-free and lactose-free and all that stuff is just so much more expensive. <laughs> this is where you need to um, up that budget. I mean, we don't have any dietary requirements here. The biggest thing that we did cut out though was meat. And it's mm. not, we're not vegetarian or vegan. But it's, it's nice every now and again to try that. We were going from meat and three veg almost every single night. And I mean like a solid chicken breast each or a piece of steak each yep. to meat twice a week. And then we'd have like fish or something from the freezer. Um, yep. We would make quiches and, and kind of salad and stuff like that. So you kind of learn, I guess, the cooking life skill in amongst your budgeting um so we cleared off a lot of debt doing it that way we ended up having a little bit of allocated pocket money so we would get my partner and I'll get $20 a week each and that's just no strings attached kind of buy what you want to buy at the end of the day like there's no questions asked yeah he spent all his on coffee and I was like oh my god I feel bad I don't even want to buy like a two dollar croissant because like I'd rather just wait until I get home because I only have twenty dollars all of the leftover money in our account we would split into, I guess, percentages. So whichever would have the highest interest, we would pay that off first. And yeah. we would just wipe the count to a zero because we're getting paid the next day. All that money in there, we have no reason for it. It's not like we're going to need to spend it in the next three hours before hours. we get paid. Yeah. yeah, so we would wipe that several couple hundred dollars into one of our um, debts. And once that was paid off, then we'd move on to the next one with the highest interest. Mm. And it'd be like a rollover effect. So sort your life out, sort your debts out and continue on with it. So like we now don't have that bad debt. What we have is good debt. So we have the car and we have the mortgage. 
So my hot tip is budget, budget, budget. And like you said previously about um, um, if something seems insurmountable, you just you just do it little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit. You yep. chip away at it, and clearing down debt is the same thing, isn't it? You know, if you, if you, if you were to look at that half a million dollars and think, oh my god, like you could so easily be overwhelmed by that and sort of stick your head in the sand and just forget about it and be like, you know, no, nah, that, that's just too big. It's too much. It's I can't possibly deal with that. And here you would be sort of three years later and it'll be even bigger because it's growing with interest as well exactly yet you chose to go you know what i don't have half a million dollars i can't pay that off just like that but i can save 50 bucks a week on my groceries or i can do this or i can do that so no matter how small a step it might feel cumulatively it builds doesn't it exactly and it's just all these things that you can implement in your life that flow on into your business life tackle it kind of from the ground up you can't push or move mountains you've got to break them down or take them up one little step at a time exactly yeah i think i think that is such there's there's so much gold there is so much life experience you've clearly learned along the way in your journey and I think this is just going to have provided so much value to so many people I trust it has anyway it has been so great to hear your story and I really appreciate your time thank you (laughs) not a problem we'll catch up next time and that's a wrap for episode number one of real life business What an inspirational conversation. What were some of your key takeaways? I think there were so many in that story, but I think what really stood out for me from Jess's story is how we create our own opportunities. When we're proactive, when we take responsibility, when we break things down step by step, then we really can move mountains. And I love how her passion is not only inspiring her to consistently evolve and grow in her business, but she passes that learnings on to her students too. So truly, truly fantastic. The Somi School of Fashion and Design is located at 88 Fitzmaurice Street in Wagga Wagga and you can get in touch with Jess via her website or her social media and um, all of those contact details will be in the show notes to this episode. So what now? Well, I will be back in your ears really soon with another real life business conversation and in the meantime, there are three things that you can do for me. Number one is hit that subscribe button in the podcast app that you are listening to this show on right now so that you'll never miss a new episode when it drops. Number two, if you are listening on Apple or iTunes, then please leave me a five-star review because that is really going to help support me, support the show and help us to gain momentum. And third and finally, if you would love to continue this conversation and share what you took away from Jess's story, then join us on Facebook or Insta to join in those conversations between episodes. So I'll post all the links to those communities in the show notes to this episode as well. Alrighty, that is all from me. I will be back in your ears very soon. Until then, goodbye for now.